Sporting news, reviews, and previews. This is the Sports Desk. Good evening, Melbourne, and welcome to the Sports Desk. On your Friday evening, it's Friday the 4th of August at uh, just after 5 o'clock. Good evening to, I'm Sam and Hennett. Good evening to Jerry NG, Jason Evans, and Liam Cole. We were all speaking over each other. What a car crash of a start. <laughs> oh, no. Hilarious banter to start the Sports Desk Fridays. But what can I say? Incredible week. A lot of events have taken place. Uh, and uh, 4-0, Jerry. 4-0, Sam. Let's go, Matildas. We've got the breakdown later on. But my gosh, my gosh, get the cat excited. Yeah, well, it was an amazing moment. Um, I can't wait to relive it. We're going to have uh, former Sports Desk EP Michael Serpel, who was at Melbourne Rectangular Stadium on Monday night on the phone next uh, break. But, uh, um, wow. I think I think we uh, put it right, Jerry, when we said uh, on Monday this was going to be a significant game that we look back on. Yeah, um, that's right. Very and uh, I'm glad we were right because it uh, makes for an exciting um, next step through the Women's World Cup, which we'll like to get through. But there is news that we've got to get through first, Jerry. Yeah, we, uh, we might segue into the Women's World Cup quickly. So Germany, who were former semi-finalists, you know, made knockout stages multiple times. Have been knocked out by South Korea, so they drew one-one. Yep. So that's a huge loss in that group with Colombia and Morocco moving through. D- just yeah, we will get through those results next segment as well. Um, yeah, just that was a quick one. Um, moving on to AFL news, uh, umpire Brett Rosebery will be making his five hundred and third. Appearance, so he'll overtake close friend Shane McInerney, and former umpire. So he's umpired for 24 years. He he said on ABC today, it's not something I ever thought when I started umpiring 24 years ago that I'd be here umpiring game 503. So incredible achievement and well done to him. Um, another AFL one is Port Adelaide. So they've been fined a hundred thousand dollars by the AFL for breaching concussion rules. So um, long story short, Lockie Jones was subbed out of a game with a concussion earlier on with a migraine, but Aaliyah Leah did not receive a concussion test in that same incident. So after each um, head incident, there should be a SCAT 5 concussion test, um, which is the standard protocol, and that was not used. So um, Port Adelaide have some explaining to do. Any other news, Liam? Yes, so today it was test star Nathan Lyon who signed a three-year deal with the Melbourne Renegades to play in the BBL. I assume he won't play a lot given his international duties, but definitely if the Melbourne Renegades make finals, he'll definitely be um, a really handy pickup. And he will partner up with new recruit Adam Zampa, who is Australia's best white ball spinner. So... They're making a real move to try and take on the Perth Scorchers who have won back-to-back. And moving on to rugby, Brad Fittler is close to a 12-month contract extension with the New South Wales Blues, which is quite surprising given their, you know, they've lost the past two series in a row. So that is very interesting. He's been coaching for uh, since 2018, so very surprising there. And with a big... 
signing in the soccer, Sadio Mane has transferred to Al Nasser in the Saudi Arabian League from wow. Bayern Munich for 30 million euros. So another one, Sam. Another one indeed. Yeah, no, they're really stock- stocking up. Um, it's going to be interesting. I guess we'll all have to keep one eye on it because there's just so many players there now that it's hard not to pay attention to it now. Sam, there's a sense of speechlessness in your reaction to that news. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> I am speechless, to be honest. Lots of words. Oh. It really is. Any other major headlines hitting the... Hitting the store, um, hitting the bulletins. Well, another quick com, com games one. So, um, Canada have pulled out of a bid to host for twenty thirty games. So that just adds another layer to Commonwealth Games. Um, you know, potentially being um, just discontinued because you've seen Australia pull out of a twenty twenty six games, and um, it's just hard to find new hosts when you know countries have committed to it like years in advance and then pulling out. So. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see to who's going to take the 2026 or the 2030 games as well. So, Pardon my ignorance. Who is there only hosting the 2030 Commonwealth Games? Do we know that as set in stone or is there yet to be a bid for that? So initially Canada were the front runners and they were um, of course. proposing a bid, but then they've since withdrawn from that. So. 2034, what about that? That's probably not uh, bid on yet. probably a bit too far away for now. Who knows yeah. what the world will look like by then. It's all falling apart for Canada. They haven't held a Stanley Cup in 30 years. Lost in the FIFA Women's World Cup. Lost in the FIFA Women's World Cup and now they're backing out of the Commonwealth Games. It's all downhill for Canada right now, that Liam. That is true. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, I, I think I'm really worried for the Commonwealth Games now. Yeah. Is it dead, boys? Yeah, I mean, I reckon it is. Not I'm, for running, but other sports. I can only speak for uh, on behalf of Sam and I. It was really fun covering Birmingham last year, okay. and that was a really fun time. I think, Sam, your memories of Birmingham was pretty good, but I personally enjoy the Commonwealth Games because you get to see... I. I think it's probably because you get to see Australia on top of the medal tally for every now and then. Well, we dominate, and it's <laughs> it's a bit of fun. It's nice to... You know, it's good to be the king sometimes, king and queen. Yeah, no, well, you can't can't not look away when you're winning. So um, <laughs> it's going to be a shame if we do lose it, though, because, I mean, everyone remembers uh, 2006 with the tram at the MCG and was hoping we were going to get some, you know, events here that we could go to. I don't to. remember that, so. So, but I do, I do Liam, seriously do worry remember? for the No, I'm too future. <laughs> <laughs> So what happened was they had a flying tram enter the <laughs> MCG for the opening oh. ceremony. It was a weird little time. And there was a speech from the Queen, I remember, at Sam. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know why, but I feel like I rewatched it like within the last couple of years. Maybe lockdown, I was bored. <laughs> but uh, I got to say, if we ever did yeah, like no. an exclusive sports car, uh, sports desk podcast, like exclusively online, we should do like an opening ceremony watch along of that flying tram. That would, I reckon, that would make for wonderful reminiscing, and we get to do it's a little teachable moment for contemporary Australian history for Jerry and Liam here. Maybe. Yep, definitely. All right. But now, the World Cup is coming bef- up um, before that. Yes, before we get to that, though, Jerry. Yeah. The Ashes ended on Monday. T- 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 I know we were avoiding the topic, but let's go through it. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, just briefly, um, me and Liam, yeah, I'm not sure if you want to pull some footage out later of um, video, but like we said, Australia cannot lose this test. Um, we've got it in the bag, but obviously we've lost to England and overall retained the Ashes, um, but it was a drawn series 2-2. So, you know, you don't feel a sense of accomplishment there because we've done that four years ago already. I don't know why the chicken's there, but in case I say something <laughs> yeah. horrible. Um, also, in retrospect... <laughs> yeah. yeah, okay, true. Um, just covering the second innings from Australia, um, besides Steve Smith, Smith making that 54 off 94 um, in that, you know, middle order and Travis Head making a quick fire 43, there wasn't much there because Warner departed for 60, Kawaja for 72 and Wokes got both of them out. So, like, initially we said one of those boys openers if they made 100 then Australia would be in a formidable position but obviously that wasn't the case to um, you know chase down the runs so we ended up losing by 49 runs works for pick of a bowlers for England 4 for 50 off 19 Mullen Alley 3 for 76 and Stuart brought in his final you know ever bowling innings 2 for 62 which is alright um, Jimmy Anderson no wickets so he might call time as well I reckon just a quick dig there but, um, yeah there was a controversial moment though when the umpires agreed to change England's ball after Kawaja was hit in the head by a Markwood bouncer so they basically got a new ball in contrast with their old ball which did absolutely nothing and that's why they were the Aussies were 0 for 135 so uh, the ball was way more shinier and the seam was in great condition and it pro- provided great bounce. So on the broadcast, Callum Ferguson labelled the change disgraceful and the umpires said they had no other balls in the box that <laughs> were similar to the ball that, that they actually the had. So, But isn't the whole protocol of replacing a ball is that you pick a ball that has similar. done the same amount of so overs do you reckon as that the ball has one? not done the same amount of overs? No way, surely. Oh, it didn't look like it, did it? Yeah. So they were in a pretty good position, Australia. They were three for 260, needing 120 runs more. So they lost four for 11 in 19 balls. So that was a huge collapse. So well done to England, but uh, pretty disappointing. Mm, a bit of a shame indeed, but uh, we'll have to wait for the next challenge that awaits the Australian cricket team. Uh, <laughs> that was definitely a memorable uh, test series. All right. When we come back, we will be talking Matilda's FIFA Women's World Cup. Uh, we have reached the next stage of the competition. The group stage is done. Michael Serpell, former SIN um, presenter and producer on the sports desk, will join us next. He was there live at the ground on Monday night. And, uh, well, it's going to be amazing to have a chat with him to see what the atmosphere was like at the ground. Uh, that's all coming up, up next on the sports desk on your Friday evening. On Sin. Empire of the Sun on the sports desk in your Friday evening. It's time to talk about the Women's World Cup. And uh, we'll get to our little bumper noise now.
Now, before we get to the amazing Matilda's results, we'll go through some of the other recent results uh, while we've been off during the week. And we'll start off with the other games that happened on that Monday night. And um, it was Japan 4-0 over Spain, Zambia 3-1 over Costa Rica, the Republic of Ireland and Nigeria drew 0-0. On Tuesday, it was Netherlands <laughs> with a whopping 7-0 over Vietnam. Portugal and the United States drew 0-0. Denmark defeated Haiti 2-0. England defeated China 6-1. Wednesday, it was Sweden over Argentina 2-0. Uh, France over Panama 6-3. South Africa over Italy 3-2. And a... Draw between Jamaica and Brazil, nil-nil, which I was at too, uh, which we mentioned before, ramifications who goes through in the round of 16 when we go through the tables next. Uh, and then yesterday, it was Morocco, 1-0 over Colombia, and South Korea drew with Germany, 1-1, which was pretty impactful. Uh, but all the result we were talking about, all, I mean, we have to celebrate it because I think it's a sense of relief for the whole of Australia because we were a bit worried for a while. No Sam Kerr. Interesting performances. Um, but a man that was there, they got to witness one of uh, Australia's greatest sporting moments. We, we always seem to do it hard, but Michael Serpel was there and he joins us on the line. Hopefully he does. Good evening, Michael. And I don't think we have him. Let's do something like this. Michael, can you hear us? Oh, no. Oh, he's, he's no, still recovering from the victory, Sam. I think he's lost we'll the ability to speak. We'll have to get him on speak. the Zoom. Perhaps so. I think he's lost the ability to speak, really, because he's just still <laughs> wild and rowdy from the win. 4-0 over from Canada. Russell's goals, I reckon. Must have been. Well, all right. We'll, we'll definitely get him on in a second. Um, because it's worth having on. But while we are here, we might as well continue on with the game. Um, and Australia, they really... It was just incredible, Matilda's performance. Um, it was really solid. I don't know what I had expected because we left it um, so late and uh, left it on the line. And then, uh, well, now we've got a... Game in the next stage. It was a 4-0 win to Australia over Canada um, with Hayley Rasso almost scoring a hat-trick. She got a brace 2-9 and 39th minute. Mary Fowler in the 58th minute. And then uh, Catley to finish off with a penalty in the 90th minute. Jerry, just talk us through um, something that you... What did you notice from the game that was not previously showing in the first couple of games? Well, just um, the energy, especially... Um like from Hayley Rasso off um, right wing, she just lit it up to another level very early on in the game. Um, because the thing is, Australia were underdogs in that game, having having never beaten Canada ever. And then now, obviously, Australia have gone through to a round of 16. So it's pretty crazy. And to win so emphatically 4-0, you've got the likes of Sam Kirstil out, as I said. And then... Mary Fowler scoring, like, off, just, like, a little tap-in. Very hard to control. And then to wrap it up, 90th minute, you know, pretty much. Um, Steph Catley, you know, the captain, um, since Kerr's injured, cool under pressure with her penalty, just like she did against Ireland. Um, that cemented it, the hometown hero. Um, and that puts us into the knockout stages for another 
I think, fourth time for the women. So we're going to be facing Denmark um, on Monday night, 8.30 p.m. All the sports desk boys are going to get around at Fed Square. I know Liam's yep. pretty keen, so <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be good. Um, what are your thoughts on the Matildas, Liam? Yeah, I thought they defended a lot better. So the ability to get a clean sheet in, against a really good attacking side, I think that's really positive. I wasn't impressed with the way they defended against Nigeria. They were a little bit sloppy, but this was a good performance. I was a little bit worried when Sam Kerr started on the bench, but hopefully she's available for the next game on Monday. Let's try again with getting Michael Spell on the phone. Are you there? Hello, can you all hear me? He is oh. in the line. This yes. is Liam and Jerry. This is the first time we're interacting with our former EP here at Michael Sapel. How has everything been? You were at the ground. I was at the ground and my word, what a electric atmosphere it must be said. I think there was definitely some nervous energy early. Um, obviously, you guys have spoken pretty well about just what was at stake for the Matildas possibly getting knocked out and really relying on, you know, the fortunes of Ireland to get through against Nigeria. But the girls, I mean, they scored within the first 10 minutes. And really after that, um, I still think there was that nervous energy around because, you know, knowing Canada, they're, they're, a pretty, um, they're a pretty good defensive unit. They possess the ball. I think looking at the post-game stats, they possessed the ball 61% of the time. And you just knew that they were going to create opportunities in that second half. So I think the crowd in general, the, the, the 27,000 strong crowd in general, felt as though it was still a game up for grabs, even at 2-0 um, with the Matildas in front. But I tell you what, with Sam getting named as sub, we all thought if the Matildas got down early, potentially uh, 0-2, potentially she may have been brought on. Um, but she was in her vest. She was not exactly training with the main girls and even during the game, she wasn't doing the run for his behind the goals that a lot of the other players were doing. Um, I was sitting behind the uh, Canadian goals, I think, in the first half. And uh, obviously the Matilda end is at the opposite end of the uh, Melbourne Rectangular Stadium. And that was absolutely going on. And uh, although VAR was a little bit controversial <laughs> in the game, um, for the most part, the crowd were absolutely engaged for the whole time. And, Four nil victory. It was absolutely superb, and yeah, big shout out to Haley Russo. What a superstar! I was going to say, Michael, I, th I felt like we just had to set the tone early, and uh, we've got the powerful thing here of the crowd and a home advantage, which we've never had in a World Cup before. So, the atmosphere. I, I mean, I was lucky enough to scrounge a late ticket uh, on Wednesday and go to the Jamaica Brazil game, but that must have been something else in Monday. Uh, I'm glad it happened here in Melbourne, though, because <laughs> we haven't had much World Cup luck with the amount of games and the stadia size here. But uh, I'm sure it would have been thrilling for the, the girls. Did you catch that, Michael? <laughs> Got none of it. <laughs> oh, well, I can assure you it was poetry oh, no. in motion. <laughs> I can assure you it was poetry in motion. But that was the, the main crux of the uh, the plan is... Uh, what was the point? What was the point, Sam? It was it was so poetic. It it left me with uh, multiple opinions on this. <laughs> yeah, well, I think just the crowd oh, was so powerful. <laughs> yeah, the crowd uh, the, the crowd was powerful. That was the main crux of that, Michael. Did, did, were you guys able to hear what I had to say, though? Yes, we most definitely <laughs> yes. did. And, uh, yes, there was a lot of excitement in the studio. There, could you, with the uh, atmosphere that you guys are going to be attending at Federation yeah. Square, do you think it's get? Do you think? Federation Square work is going to be matching what's ever going to be happening on the field? Oh, I reckon when the boys last year covered that Denmark game when Leckie scored, I reckon it will be similar to that. 
because it's a knockout game, and plus the well, I hope is... behavior hub wise not, mm. <laughs> or, yeah, because there were a few yeah, clowns. I guess never mind. You want a good crowd. You don't want like just an empty Fed Square. So we hope, yeah, lots of people show up with you know green and gold, and we can get the job done and head to the quarters. So fingers crossed there. Definitely. Um, well, I don't think Michael could hear me, but uh, it was very good for. I mean, glad to have someone there. Finally, some sports desk alumni, because we had, uh, of course, um, someone at Qatar last year, and it was amazing. So um, it's good to have it in our own backyard. There you are, Michael. How good is that? We've had sports desk alumni from Qatar, and now you joined the illustrious club uh, by being at Amy Park for the, the great victory. Yeah, it was wonderful, Jason, and again, it was an absolute privilege. It was a late call-up for myself. I got the ticket on Monday afternoon, no way. so it was a very, very late-in-the-day call-up. I had my, my evening planned. I was going to see Barbie, and then I was going to go and watch the Ashes at home. So I think I've got a slightly better evening in retrospect. Um, but my question to you, lads, is can the Matildas win the World Cup without Sam Kerr playing a game, if that's the way the cards fall? What a storyline that Wow. Be. Hmm. Um, Liam? That is a very tough one. <laughs> no, no chance. But interestingly enough... Oh, though, hang on. Hold on, oh, Sam. Liam's, Liam's just gone no chance. You can't win without their best player. Seriously. <laughs> He's gone the chicken, Michael. I, th- I think Take she makes such a difference. I, I'm, <laughs> Gee, and that's... then some of the... It's interesting Jeez, now. Liam. We'll just quickly mention um, some of the top teams that have been already knocked out. World number seven... Canada, world number eight, Brazil. China in 14th spot, Italy in 16th. So there's a fair few chunk that um, hard ones that have already surprisingly gone out. Um, How impressive is yeah, it no, that Germany's been very knocked out exciting. Sorry, what was that? How impressive is it that Germany has been knocked out and Morocco have gone through? Yeah, well, that, that, that was a thriller. I'd, I have to get the tables up just to... Uh, quickly look at those but because of that result against Germany uh, it was a bit of a thriller uh, as we go through the t- the table so we might as well go through now who goes through Switzerland uh, finished top of their group with Norway in second Australia and Nigeria up the Matildas group C is Japan and Spain uh, group D is England and Denmark group E is Netherlands and the United States uh, France and Jamaica in Group F. Group G is Sweden and South Africa. Group H is Colombia and Morocco. So Morocco, is, that that's probably going to be the outstanding one that Germany missed out because of that late um, bottom side in that group, South Korea drawing with Germany. Um, it just shows it's very, very Expect the unexpected, and, hey? Uh, well... <laughs> I mean, but that's what World Cups are, right? Expecting the unexpected. It's kind of like the restless thing. Mm. The only thing you know about, the only thing you know that's for sure is that nothing's for sure. And that's what we're getting here at the Women's World Cup. Uh, Michael, just a quick question to you before we let you go and we'll get back to the AFL breakdown. Uh, who do you see as a big wild card in the World Cup going forward as we approach the uh, knockout stages of 16? Oh, very good question, Jason. And, and I hope my <laughs> calculations are correct, but I... 
I, I really think Nigeria are a very dangerous side. Are, are they still in the competition? They certainly are. They sit second they in through, their yep. table, second to Australia in Group B. Look, they may not be as organised as, say, you know, your Denmark or your England's or your United States, but I think sometimes that chaos and, and that energy that they play with can actually, yeah, take a lot of teams off guard. They've already bet some good teams. They bet us, of course. Um, yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how other opposition teams play against them. Um, but I think they're a real scary chance. At, 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 if they don't go all the way, they'll, they'll certainly do some damage. So I think they're definitely one to look out for. And, uh, yeah, I hope we, hope we don't have to play them again. Well, there's no bigger damage that they could do because Monday 7th, they got England in their first knockout game. So imagine the damage they do by knocking them out, Jerry and Liam. Oh, England are looking dangerous. So if Nigeria can knock them off, that splits the whole competition wide open. And even more insane, Liam, Morocco v France, Tuesday the 8th. Deja vu. Oh, good game, isn't it? Um, yeah, looking forward to it, Jason. There you go. Well, we'll go through. And I've just seen the bracket too. On our side of Australia, um, we potentially could come up against France and Morocco. Um, Got to get through Denmark first. Things, which makes things interesting. Uh, and it was good practice having them at Marvel Stadium before the competition as well. So <laughs> It all works around, doesn't it? All right. Thank you very much, Michael, well, for joining us here on the Sports Desk. And uh, we appreciate you being on the ground and being a good correspondent for us this Women's World Cup. Oh, thank you very much, guys. Have me on board. You're all doing an excellent job carrying on the legacy of some of us old sports desk timers. And uh, it's been an absolute <laughs> joy listening to you. I'm sure the, the fans are loving the uh, the coverage. And I'll just, I've got to quickly say, um, yeah, like what you said there, Jerry, about the Ashes, obviously we would have loved an out-and-out winner. But what about Australia holding on to the urn for possibly 10 years by the time we get to 2025, 2026? So that's got to be a good one for the whinging Monster. <laughs> 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 was definitely not thirty yeah. plus overs old as well. I'll just put it in there. Um, but yeah, look, I think my biggest Ashes turning point would have been Nathan Lyon's injury. I know a lot of people don't really talk about it, but since that turning point moment, we we end up winning that Lords Test only just, and then we don't win another test for the rest of the series. A lot of twists and turns. It was an amazing series. Um, I'm certainly looking forward to going to England and, uh, yeah, stumping a few guys. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Just remember, we do not condone violence here at Sin Media. And we accept everything. Sport is for everyone. Michael, thank you very much. Thank you, Jason. Thank you, Tane. And our gracious leader, Sammy, is going to take us to the break. Coming up will be our AFL well, coverage. Well, before we do, we'll go through the rest of the games for this weekend coming up, the round of 16. Um, it's, it's funny. He's, he's just like put on old shoes, Michael, then. <laughs> he, he's very comfortable. Uh, Switzerland v Spain tomorrow at 3 p.m. Japan play Norway 6 p.m. tomorrow. Netherlands and South Africa, Sunday midday. Sweden and the United States on Sunday at 7pm. That's going to be a very good one to look out for too. England play Nigeria Monday 5.30pm when we are on air. And then uh, following that, of course, the massive game for the Matildas next v Denmark at 830 and then the last two round of 16 games are Tuesday, Colombia and Jamaica, 6pm. And as we mentioned, that France and Morocco at 9pm. Morocco, it must be just the uh, 
training at the, the Galvan Park. There's just something about the West that's getting them up and about. <laughs> you should go to their training, Sam, and bring back a little bit of insider info. Surely it's cordoned off. Surely I, it's not something I can mm. access. Now, 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 to any young media makers out there, this is something we don't condone, but try some guerrilla filmmaking or something like that, Sam. Come on. <laughs> I would not suggest that, but anyway. Yes. Uh, don't try this um, at home, right. kids. Ah, uh, well, anyway, that's our <laughs> uh, World Cup When we breakdown. get back, uh, we'll be talking about, wow, AFL. It's just, there's four weeks to go. Get excited. Get the Can cat excited. It? It's going to be a thrilling another round of footy. Can't wait to chat to it. Uh, to you all next on the Sports Desk on Sin, your Friday evening. Uh, nothing but thieves on the Sports Desk and your Friday evening. Welcome to the DCC. Um, and, uh, well, that was good. Good to have Michael back on. Uh, but now it's time, well, my favourite moment of the show, the footy. The footy. Round 21. What a... My, my. Yes, 21, did you say? Is it 22? 21. I think it's 20. No, it's 21. It's 21s. Oh, 21. <laughs> okay. I didn't want That's to address... Okay. Right. Hot I, start here. I didn't want to address this, but I think he was addressing round 20 as round 19 all of last week, Sam. I, did, I, did, I think that might have been the me. case. We'll have to check oh, the archives. No. But uh, I hope, okay. I, I hope I we're all right. good there. But round 21 it is. Western Bulldogs versus Richmond tonight it is, Sam. Marvel Stadium. Yes. Uh, we'll give you the countdown. Two hours and 11 minutes. The uh, wow, thrilling game at Marvel Stadium tonight. Dogs and the Tigers under the roof at Marvel. Ins and outs. Western Bulldogs in. Ed Richards, James O'Donnell, Liam Jones out. Alex Keith, Josh Bruce, Luke Clearly, uh, Ryan Gardner. Uh, Richmond have named Jacob Bauer, Jaden Short, Noah Cumberland, Toby Nankervis out. Ben Miller, Dustin Martin. Ryan Mansell, Sam Banks, and Trent Cotchin. So some changes there for both sides. Interesting one. Managed there for Dustin Martin. Um, Is there much uh, to read but, into uh, that, well, Sam? I don't know. I, I, I'll be honest, I didn't see much of the Tigers' performance last week, but um, in recent times he's has been turning the clock back. So maybe he's just, just because he's, you know, getting old now. Just, just shuffling the cards around a bit. But I would have thought this would have been a pretty crucial game for the Tigers if they are going to try and make a play for the eight, which I just think it's still still a big step for them. Um, that's not going to go their way most likely. But uh, the Bulldogs, on the other hand, um, well, this is uh, a must win for them. Just sitting on the edge of the eight, if this is somewhere they want to be uh, staying. Hey. Jerry, your thoughts? Well, having Liam Jones back is a huge in for the Bulldogs because having Keith out and Bruce both playing down back, so that's going to be um, interesting. So the fact that the Doggies have a few ins here and then Richmond obviously resting Cochin and Martin could play a factor there. So in recent times, it's been close from both teams. I think Richmond got the Bulldogs by a few points at the MCG earlier this season. So I think at Marvel, the Doggies are a big chance to win. Yeah, it should be a good game. The Bulldogs are the third best team in the competition for clearances, but they're also the worst team from damage from clearances. So they're winning the ball, but they're not getting a lot of rewards. So they might have to have a look at their midfield mix. So is Libertore, he's having a good year, but is he spending too much time in there? McRae, he's not getting as much centre bounces. Uh, Bonds, he's brilliant, but do you need a bit more pace from Bailey Smith? So 
interesting decisions for Bevo, but yeah, it should be a good game. I think with Martin out, I think Bulldogs. I'd argue to Liam's point that it not necessarily it's uh well, it's like they need to reassess the midfield, mostly because it would probably be more of an, effic- of an efficiency thing, like kicking efficiency exactly. or disposal efficiency, which in the midfield is elite, but their transition into forward or when it comes into defending, they have been quite weak. They've kind of put all – well, it's well established. They've put all of their uh, investments into the midfield and it's been wonky at best on both ends. Uh, that being said – this will be a tight one. Richmond will give them a run, but I think West and Bulldogs will do it maybe within a, about a kick. Yeah, doggies for me. Yeah, I, th- I think Bulldogs have always seem to make it hard for themselves, um, but I think because it is at Marvel, a good chance. Richmond don't like playing um, at Marvel, as we know, uh, and I think this will just be one to just... Um, Set the gears in motion because um, we, we'll look at some of these teams' runs uh, at the end of this. But uh, no, I, I think the dogs should get it done. Yep. Next game. All right. Well, that's Friday night footy. Two hours and seven minutes to that. But tomorrow we move on to the uh, Marvel Stadium, one forty-five. The Bombers and the Eagles. Eagles after their first win in such a long time. Since round two. We don't talk about it. Wow. <laughs> I mean, fair Ins point. and outs. Uh, Elijah, Elijah Sattar, I think. You're have to help me with I think that. it's Elijah Sattar, yeah. I believe. Okay. Good play. Uh, out, Alwyn Davy Jr. and Will Snelling. Uh, West Coast Eagles have named Jerry McGovern and Josh Rotham. Out, Dom Sheed, Rhett Bazo and Shannon Hearn. And Shannon Hearn announced his retirement earlier this week. I believe it's at season's end, Sam. It is. There you Ooh, go, Jerry. I'm not Thank sure. You. I missed that one. No, Jerry. Okay, well, at, at season's end, Shannon Hearn is retiring. Mm. What an incredible career, by the way. Uh, From ship captain. Always yeah. hated Shannon Hearn for the reason why he was so damn good as a defender. <laughs> Every single time you're, the club you're cheering for boots it into the forward 50, it never ended up in the for, in the hands of your full forward. It always ended into the fist of Shannon Hearn. He was everywhere. Yeah. He was always in the right spot. He, was, yep. he is one of the great eagles of the game. Um, Essendon, interesting spot. Is it? Hanging I see on it. It's predictable. <laughs> you're very hard. say? I am harsh because <laughs> I'm gonna. If I tried to pump him up, I've got the Carlton supporter who sits in the top eight right now, where they were expected to be this whole time. And it, you know, tall poppy syndrome is a thing on the sports <laughs> desk, so I can't be that. I can't hype up the Bombers that much. But you plus, should beat West Coast. So we should, but I mean, they have beaten <laughs> us even in their mid '90s Fitzroy phase. They still have beaten Essendon, so I'm not ruling this game out as a West Coast win. No, I, I, I honestly think you should give this one a crack. Uh, it was a thrilling game against the Swans last week, so I still think there is a bit of jet fuel just sitting there ready in the Bombers' uh That's the first Arsenal. time this year Sam Manhattan has said anything convincing about the Bombers. Every <laughs> week it's always been, I'm not quite convinced about the Bombers. I really don't think that yeah, they... You know why? Because we're the Bombers. <laughs> Because <laughs> when it fizzles out, it's so enjoyable, even though, <laughs> like, at least I said I tried to be nice, but there we go. Oh, I, yeah, well, eh, I can't speak. <laughs> I don't have the platform to speak on that. Um, um, everyone on the Bombers? Yep. I really yep. want to go West Coast, Sam. I really do. 
Well, it's quite strange oh, no. because if West Coast win, they'll go on top of North Melbourne and, and North Melbourne will get that. pick one and they might get Harley Reid after all that. Don't so. imply what I think you're implying there, Liam. <laughs> I'm not implying anything. Okay. All they need is one more So win. you're tipping West Coast? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll tip North next week, but I'll go the Bombers this week. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Crows and the Gold Coast Suns at Adelaide Oval, 2.10pm Saturday afternoon. In for Adelaide, James Balassi, uh, Josh Rochelle, out Jordan Butts, Luke Pedler and Rory Sloan. Uh, the only change for Gold Coast at the moment, took Miller with a suspension, a suspension Sorry, comes out. Um, bit of a replay from the uh, one up in the Northern Territory earlier this year where the Suns got it done. Um, interesting matchup between these two teams. Suns have been playing a bit better, but I think Crows have really, uh, just as we thought, they kind of went away after their good form at the start of the year. Um, they've just bounced right back up into it, and Tex Walker is uh, really putting the pressure on Charlie Kerner. So uh, I think uh, the Crows here, mm, not comfortably, but um, but they'll get it done. Just when they think they have the answers, Adelaide changes the question. Crows for me. Crows for me took Miller big out. Yeah, the Crows are almost impossible to beat at home. The Giants somehow did it. That's how well they're going. But, yeah, I think the Crows. Uh, next to Hawthorne and Collingwood at the MCG, 4.35pm. Uh, Hawthorne have named Harry Morrison, Jack Scrimshaw, Jacob Kaczynski, Ned Reeves, out Cam McKenzie, Lachlan Bramble, Lloyd Meek, Sam Frost, Tyler Brockman. Uh, Collingwood have named Ash Johnson in and Bobby Hill out. Mason Cox, Oleg Markov and Will Hoskin-Elliott. Interesting one, Mason Cox there. Got subbed out of the game during the Blues game. Um, He just... uh, He actually seemed like he had a bit of form during the start of the year. I know he's he's had a pretty inconsistent career um, coming in and out of the team, but um, interesting one. Collingwood Um, is still winning, Sam. Yeah, no, no, I know. But Hawthorne might will give him a good scratch up, I think. Liam and Jerry are Collingwood winning. Yeah, Bobby Hill <laughs> back in back in business. Well, I mean, the Hawks could. I think it could be a danger game. They're very good in the midfield, while Collingwood are the second worst ground ball team. So, if they can beat them in ground ball, maybe they might have a chance. But. Yeah, I, I think if you can stop Sicily, well, I think you can win. So, Pies. Yeah, sorry, could go on. No, nah, that was his prediction. Yeah, it was pies. the Pies. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> That's the delay working for me well. Um, no, I was going to say, like, if, if you beat them at their game, at the contest, that's where you can get a grapple of them. Um, and... Um, I don't know. I, I think it's a nice... And maybe mentally Collingwood are a bit frayed after the Blues. I don't know. No. We'll see. No. <laughs> but I think the Pies will win. Yep. <laughs> All right. Geelong and Port Adelaide GMHBA Stadium. Uh, 7.25pm on Saturday night. Geelong have named Zaba Radagalia out. Mark Blickarves. Uh, Tom Hawkins comes out as well. Port... <laughs> Adelaide have named Ollie Lord, Tom Jonas, Willie Rioli, out Leah Leah, Charlie Dixon, Kane Farrell, and Lockie Jones. Um, very, very interesting one at GMHBA Stadium. As we mentioned, it's been a fortress 
for Geelong, one of the most um, feared home grounds. Uh, there was a stat that the AFL put out today. Um, oh, I did have a sc- oh yeah, top five records at home venues since 2010. Uh, 85% of them, a win percentage, have been at GMHBA. Apart from it helps, Fremantle, of course. It helps that Geelong have been a very good team in that time as well. They, they didn't look good last week at all, though, so I'm still chip- tipping yes. Geelong a bit. Like, I don't know. It's, it's tough with Hawkins and Blitzives out. Mm. I've got Geelong too, but it's only just a hunch. It's not really based on anything that Champion Data would tell me. Because <laughs> well, Champion Data's Liam, so tell us all about him. Oh, I've got no data here. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. It's really tough one to pick a winner here. Yeah. Uh, Geelong, their weakest part is their midfield, and Porter really strong in the midfield. But I think Ali Ali is a massive loss. So I think Giants, I mean, not Giants, <laughs> the Cats just at home. I, I, think the, I think the Cats too, yeah. He's made good points, I reckon, this Liam kid, Sam. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think I'm going to say the Cats. I think a uh, bit worried for Port Adelaide. They'll be back on track. I, I just think it. if it was if it wasn't at GMHBA at Cadinia Park, Port probably do it. Could be four losses in a row for Port. So I still think they'd get back on track. For a t- team mm. in top two, um, and then of course we mentioned earlier in the show about the uh, players now in the concussion protocols after not officially being put through properly. So the club has been fined a hundred thousand dollars. Expensive mistake. Um. Yeah, Geelong for me, I think. What about the uh, Sydney clash? Uh, the Battle of the Bridge, the Sydney derby. In for GWS Giants, Jesse Hogan, Tom Green. Out, Aaron Cadman, Isaac Cumming and Ryan Angwin. In for Sydney Swans, Aaron Francis, Tom Hickey. Out, Dan Rampey, Justin McInerney and, of course, Lance Franklin, uh, who has retired and played his last official game. We've got a bit of a tribute that we will play uh, at the end of this segment. Uh, but that will be played at Giant Stadium, 7.30 Saturday night. We turn a new page in the history of the Sydney Football Club. I believe they're going to kick it off with a win, Jerry. No, I reckon Sydney are done, mate. You really? Oh, oh okay. <laughs> All right. Well, you've got three big names from Sydney gone. You've got Rampy, who's one of their main leaders in the defence, gone. McInerney played a he's playing a good season in midfield gone. And also Buddy Franklin, who's as we said, had retired. Compare that with the Giants who are flying right now. I think they've won the past five or six matches. So you got Jesse Hogan back in, who's a formidable forward. Tom Green back in, who's been averaging well over twenty five touches per year this season. So I think the Giants will win comfortably. I think you've convinced me, Jerry. I might switch. But Liam, you got anything else? There's another 50-50 <laughs> games for Saturday night. I think the Swans will win if they can stop oh. Toby Green. As I've said, I, I am very bullish about the Swans. So I think Jake Lloyd will probably go to, to Green. And whether he can stop him or not, probably not. But we'll see. But um, Chad Warner's back, which I like, so I think the Swans. But I think there might be a bit of spice in this Battle of the Bridge clash. How so? Oh, nope. just a bit of spice. Just a bit of spice. <laughs> <laughs> That's analysis, Sam. Well, it, I mean, it's always a bit of the way. With the derbies, everyone gets a bit fired up. Um, and usually, I think, interesting to see the record, but I think most of these um, 
Battle of the Bridges have ended up with the upset team winning. Yeah. Typically True. it is the Giants. Okay, since Liam's gone Sydney, Jerry's gone Giants, I've got the hot take chicken in my hand. If it lands on its stomach, Sydney. If it lands on its back, <laughs> no, <I> Giants. <laughs> stomach, swans. And he's just... They're at the back, mate. Yeah, no, I'm taking stomach. the Giants. I think I'm going to agree with Jerry. This steamrolling team that's coming through, it's hard to stop a team, momentum. Um, and with players like Toby Green just playing really career-best form, um, it's going to be hard to argue with them. And uh, they'll get through that. Uh, Sunday afternoon, we move on to now North Melbourne versus Melbourne uh, at Blundstone Arena and in Hobart, which uh, I think is very funny, the two Melbourne teams in Hobart, but that's funny. Um, ins and goal. outs, out Lockie Young for North Melbourne. Melbourne have named Tom Sparrow, out Adam Tomlinson and Taj Wowoden. Jerry, North Melbourne. Yeah, well, after last week's loss, I don't have much confidence at all. This could be a 100-point belting, so I'm just going to keep it very <laughs> oh, no. brief. Like, you've got Grundy, Spargo coming in. They're two formidable players. Um, with North, like, I don't know. Hopefully, Larky has a good game. Um, he's still in that Coleman race, maybe, if he kicks a bag against Melbourne. But um, who else to watch for there? Um, you never know, man. North can – they play really well down in Hobart. So I'm just going to – See where the wind flies. Okay, I'm going to say the wind flies uh, with the demons. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's an ugly look for North Melbourne. You got to have a look at their development. Oh. Whether their young players are developing properly, and Just it's stick that easy. Dagger in, Liam. I think it's hard to say they've improved since they've sacked David Noble. To be fair, well. I was going to say, though, it it has hard been hard for the team having another coach switch, a coach coming in to interim for half the season yep. and now finally Clarko coming back for the last couple of years. So that hasn't had their development at all. So just reset for next year, I think, the Roo boys. Mm-hmm. Next year, Jezza. Yep, another year. Uh, one more week to Three twenty. Marvel Stadium. Fifth versus seventh, St Kilda v Carlton, Sam versus Liam. Oh, Sam, you are shaking right now, aren't you? <laughs> uh, to be honest, I am because Ooh. St Kilda have been our bogey team in, in recent years. True. Um, and uh, the last couple of clashes have gone your way. Um, so, um, yeah, I, I am a little bit nervous about this one, especially since we've played... Interesting, you know, couple of weeks, really good performances. I mean, playing a big game against uh, Collingwood would have taken a bit out of us. Uh, but uh, I'm still confident that the Blues can keep this rolling on. Um, but I am surprised with kind of um, St Kilda's resurgence just as I was just as I was looking that they were going to disappear from the uh, top eight. They're still. Hanging in there, but this is probably going to be a defining game for that very thing. Uh, we will look at the ins and outs. Bradley Hill in, Max King in, Jack Billings out, Liam Stocker out, Zach Jones. For Carlton, Adam Chera and Mitch McGovern out. Mitch McGovern um, getting injury this week, and of course Chera being subbed out during the game last week. But one in that I'm very, very happy about, getting 30 disposals in the VFL at my stomping ground at Victoria Park last weekend, it's Zach Fisher. <laughs> the fish yeah. is back. Oh, he is, isn't he? Um, yeah, I guess Dougal Howard 
cancels out the loss of Mackay. So if the Saints can stop Kerno, I think they will definitely have a big chance. He's the player that can really turn the game for the Blues and he's been in great form. He'll win the Coleman. If the Saints can sort of beat them in ground ball, which has been a strength of the Blues for the past month, I think they'll win. Sammy, what do you think? Yeah, I think this is. these are the games that we've always... I mean, we've got the hard ones out of the way, but uh, these are the sort of games we have to win if we really want a solid spot. And um, I just... I, I don't know. I think the Blues can get it done. But uh, with the defensive game style, I don't think there's going to be too many goals in this game. So this might be mm. a bit tighter than I would like. I'm going to keep it short and sweet, Sam. You lost to the Bombers. If you lose to the Saints, you're not a formidable finals contender. Carlton should Oof. win this. My prediction is Carlton, but if you lose, you're in deep trouble as a finals contender. <laughs> and for me, I think the key is Kerno. So yeah. Blues for me if Kerno kicks a bag. Sainers. Okay. All Last game of the round, Fremantle, Brisbane Lions, uh, Optus Stadium, Ah, the classic 4.40pm 440 on Sunday. In for Fremantle. Brendan Cox out. Ethan Stanley. Joel Hamming. Uh, Brisbane Lions. Darcy Fort. Jackson Pryor. Zach Bailey. Out. James Tunstill. Kai Lohman. Caden uh, Coleman. And Oscar McInerney. Um, yeah, just go to bed. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, we've got to give Adam Papalia a little bit of a break. He finally yeah. had something to cheer about last week with the West Coast. When Adam Papalia, he's the guy who does yeah, um, the Fox WA, Woody's yeah. WA oh. games. <laughs> He's very good, actually. Yeah, he ain't too bad. Uh, <laughs> Brisbane for me, Sam. Yes, uh, I, th- I think they should uh, g- get it done. Uh, Fremantle did did all right last week against the Geelong, though, but um, I think uh, Brisbane want to get this second spot if it's available. Yeah, if they can stop Lockie Neal, they might have a chance. I mean, I think James Aish or Hayden Young might go to Lockie. I know Hayden Young went on danger last week and did a pretty good job, but I think the line's too strong for me. Jerry? I'm going to flip it around. I'm backing Frio here. Oh. After what I saw against Geelong, it was, they won the contested ball <laughs> over Geelong. Even after that, like if they can do that against Brisbane, it's at Optus, don't get me wrong, but like yeah, that's where they play some decent footy sometimes. It's home game, so Frio for me. That and occasionally Brisbane drop a few winnable ones, so entirely possible, but I'll go Brisbane. All right, that's the end of round 21. And, and that's that where we finish up. Uh, we can catch us on sin.org.au, of course, our social media, Sports Desk Sin, uh, on Monday, of course, at 5 p.m. Um, and we'll be back on, well, Fridays as well. As we go to the end of the show, we are going to play a couple of bit of highlights from uh, the wonderful Buddy Franklin. There we go. Buddy Franklin, a wonderful career. We'll see you next Monday, same time here on Sin 90.7. For all your news, reviews and previews this AFL season, listen to the Sports Desk. Live Fridays and Mondays, 5pm on Sin 90.7 FM and on syn.org.au.